A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, happy Saturday. I. Jumped the gun on that one, didn't Happy I? Happy Saturday, Dan. Yeah, I didn't even have my microphone up yet. Nope. <laughs> Haley was just sitting He's just there. just ready to go. Yeah, and I jumped in, and you gave me the look and slowly pulled your microphone <laughs> over and got ready. You good now? I'm good. Yep, Can we here. go and, and, and just proclaim brilliance to the people? Because that's what we do, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why do you even question that? That should not be a question. <laughs> if you I said we... Well, I'm including you in this. Uh, yeah. Are you in- excluding you. me? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, we've got a lot of stuff to cover. It's going to be kind of a weird show this week, I would say. I think this is maybe the yes. weirdest. It's a, a little bit more um, conceptual or abstract, maybe, as Which we means would normally touchy feely. Sure. It's more touchy feely. Grab your Kleenexes. This is going to be an emotional ride. Lots of tears. Lots of laughters. (laughs) Lots of, I mean, it's just going to be great. Now, what we're going to do, we just finished up this uh, great big color and design event for Mm -hmm. 2022 down the rabbit hole. We've been talking about it ad nauseum for weeks now. Giving away tickets. Giving away tickets, bringing people, inviting people. And now we're done. We wrapped it up and it went great. Yeah, it feels good to be done. And we want to take the information that we covered, or at least part of it, yeah. and present it on the show here. Because, of course, you know, we can only have 150 people for the one night, 150 people for the professional night. And we've got at least 10 or 15 listeners more than those total numbers. <laughs> so for the people so that's who for them. <laughs> couldn't make it, we're going to kind of cover the show. And I think that's going to be this entire episode today. So no real home improvement stuff in that regard? Well, I think it's just... You know, you've got to dig a little deeper with this stuff because it can apply to anything in your life. Anything. Right. But you're going to have to make those connections for yourself. Right. No matter who you are or what you do, you're a painting contractor, what, a real estate agent, a doctor. A mom. A mom, a student, a dad, anybody. There's something here. But like Haley said, you got to dig deep for it. And the whole event down the rabbit hole was really built around the idea of finding creativity, finding new ideas. And I think it's interesting, you know, we called it down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. because that's what we think is important in order to find our creativity, but also because that's literally what we did. Right, exactly. We went down the rabbit hole in preparation for this event because as you start asking the question, how do you come up with something that's never been done before? Mm -hmm. How do you see the world in a way that people don't normally see it? And it's then a how do you, big idea. Right. How do you do it again and again and again? Right. You know, without just doing the same old thing. How do the people who just constantly are creative keep doing it? You know, Because it's really important, too. It's not just, you know, making a new painting or sculpture. It's business. You know, having new ideas is ultimately money and success, too. Right. For me personally, you know, I'm not going to name names, but grocery buying, you know, and all of that. COVID hits, you know, great big obstacle hits, and we can't even go to some stores. You know, there's all kinds of things going on. We know that. We remember it. And all of a sudden, out of that comes order online, mm-hmm. and they will bring your groceries out to your car. And COVID's all done now. Knock on wood, I'm calling it. We're done. It. <laughs> we're, we're not looking back. 
And that's still here. I can still order my groceries online. That innovation is absolutely brilliant. It changed yeah, a lot it for me. Yeah, so much time saves and so much. energy. And all of that is because of creativity. It's creative it's people. True. That's why it's important. So that was our whole focus. And we started asking these questions. How do creative people keep doing it? And we fell down the rabbit hole, running into all kinds of different people who pushed us, yeah, challenged us. Exactly. They were a little scared scary. Us. Yeah. Made us uncomfortable and ultimately, in the end, they inspired us. So what we did is we wanted to focus, and that's what we're going to do on this show right now, is focus on some of these people. And we're, we're going to be talking about six common traits that all of these creative pioneers, we're going to have three of them that we're going to focus on, three creative pioneers. And there's six common traits that they all embrace in order to do what they do. Now, there's really no order to all the things we're going to talk about. Right. There's no step one, step two, step three is what I mean by that. So you don't, you know, take what works for you. Not all of these are going to resonate with you. Some of them will speak to you more than others. Take what works and run with it. And, and honestly. Yeah, I was going to say the ones that don't speak to you right away, those might be the ones to pay more attention to even still, because we found the ones that were the most challenging potentially up front were the ones that we really needed to dig into and learn from. Oh, absolutely. And I think we already hinted at this, but the concepts we're talking about are bigger than just color trends and stuff like like that. So, yes, this is the Repcolite Home Improvement Show. <laughs> but like Haley said earlier, you're going to have to stretch for this one. Right. And no matter and, and I think it's it's more accessible to more people with what we're doing right now because it applies Absolutely. to every aspect. You're going to have to work for it though. But there's going to be a payoff at the end if you do. So, let's introduce the people that we're going to be talking about very briefly and let's start with Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, she's a journalist and author. She's best known for the 2006 memoir, Eat, Pray, Love. Sold over 12 million copies of that. That's huge. And then it was also made into a movie. So wildly successful. And she kept writing. And she talks about how that was a big challenge. And in her book, Big Magic, that we're going to talk about, she specifically talks about living creatively and beyond fear. Right. Frank Gehry. He's an architect and designer. He's best known for sweeping curves and all kinds of crazy things on his buildings. And really, a number of those buildings, including his private residence in Santa Monica, California, the Walt Disney Concert Hall in L.A., the Guggenheim Museum in Bilbao, and Millennium Park in Chicago, all of those things, buildings, are considered world-renowned attractions. Yeah. He's 93 years old. 93 years old. I can't believe that. Right. And is considered one of the most important contemporary architects. And then David Lynch. This one was potentially the most scary to do. <laughs> For me, <laughs> front, he terrified yes. me. <laughs> but he's a filmmaker, artist, and musician, and he's an award-winning director. He's been named the most important filmmaker of the current era, and he's known for the television series Twin Peaks, uh, films such as Blue Velvet, Eraserhead, Mulholland Drive, and the original Dune, which he actually considered a complete failure. <laughs> yeah, he hated that one. And I said he was a wackadoodle, but he's not. But my first impression... He is, and, but that's good. <laughs> right, but that's what we're talking about. The, the some of Your reaction to some of these is yeah. going to be, wow, that's weird or that's out there. Mm -hmm. That was my reaction to David Lynch, but there's so much good stuff to be found. All right, those are the people that we're talking about. And we found the very first point, in order to live creatively, I think the thing that we're going to recommend right off the bat is that you've got to be willing to go down this rabbit hole and you've got to be willing to learn from all of the characters that we encounter in life. Right. 
because you kind of encountered this in the past too. This isn't the first time that you've, you know, stretched your boundaries in the process of this design event. You found Iris last time, that was a couple years ago. And throughout this whole thing, you kept bringing up that Iris was really challenging to you at first and that you and Betsy had fights over is this really the person that we're going to have as the right. focus of a color and design event? Because she's out there. Right. So complicated for me to wrap my brain around Iris, Iris Apfel. And, you know, this happens all the time. You know, we see art on the street, you know, modern art. And it sometimes looks like something that our kids could create. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to discount these right. things. And when I saw Iris, when Betsy recommended Iris for our event, I didn't know who she was. And Betsy was very hesitant to show me pictures. <laughs> and when I saw them, she, in fact, said, don't Google Iris. Just let me walk you through it gently. But, yeah. of course, I was already Googling <laughs> at that point. And it's insane. Big glasses, bangly jewelry. Her home is just chaotic. Ridiculous. Lots of patterns. And bright I thought, colors. what is happening? How can I possibly, in good conscience, bring this to people and say, look, color and design, Repcolite, Benjamin Moore, yeah. Iris Apfel. And the more we dug into it, the more I realized how brilliant she is and how many things I can take from her and apply in my life. And the thing I thought was so interesting and what we tried to convey last year and what we're conveying this year mm -hmm. is that you don't have to apply everything they're they're saying to the degree that they apply that. Yeah, you don't have to make your house look like her home, but you can apply the concepts that she lives by, which is to design for yourself. Right. And so that's what I learned from that is I learned to have fun with my design. It doesn't all need to work together. My home, honestly, the kids joke that it's a museum. It's not a great museum. No, we don't it's have like great... a weird sideshow museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, honestly, good. that that's throws good. me that's for a That's a compliment. Yeah, okay, that's a compliment. <laughs> no, we have all kinds of weird things, and there's no cohesiveness to it. It's yeah. not this theme or that theme. Oh, there's a bunch of stuff from Egypt. Oh, there's Oriental stuff. Oh, mm -hmm. there's this. Oh, there's that. For us, it's a ton of fun, and I don't care if nobody else likes that, because nobody else lives there. Right. You know, just us. And if we enjoy it, that's all that matters. That's what I got from Iris. That's what we can get. Stuff like that when we step outside the bounds and explore creative pioneers and the theories around them. We don't have to love what we find. Right. But we can't just discount them because they make us uncomfortable. And we'll talk about how that's really related more to fear than anything else. Right. That's actually, yeah. When you think you're being discerning and knowledgeable and you've got good taste. Right. Honestly, by discounting some of these people, it's it's just a fear response in some form or another. We'll get to that in a little bit. The main first thing is just be willing to go down the rabbit hole, yes. ask questions. And when we do that, we're going to learn and discover new ways that we can approach things like our home design, our decorating, our businesses, you name it. Go down the rabbit hole. All right. We got to take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to address fear. And we're going to solve everybody's, everybody's fear problems in six minutes. <laughs> That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and Haley and I are working our way through the presentation that we put on 
couple of nights ago. Yeah, Down the Rabbit Hole, our 2022 color and design event. It's hosted by us, RepcoLite, but Benjamin Moore, Exalta, Johnson's Carpet One all sponsored the event with us. And yeah, we had about 150 people come to each night, both the DIY and the professional. But obviously, that's not the entire world. And that's who we're really, you know, talking to to right right now. Exactly. That's our audience (laughs) The world, you know. <laughs> now, seriously though, it's such an interesting topic because we're we're focused on living creatively, yes. finding and being found by that next new idea, and the whole reason that living creatively is important is because it, it's more fulfilling. It's it's a happier, more exciting life. Engaging. It's engaging, but it's also better for our business. It's better for our family. It's better for the design that we do in our home. You name it. Creativity yes. is better than the alternative, right? Absolutely. And a lot of people may tend to think, oh, well, I'm not creative. And the thing that I challenge is that you are creative. You're stopping yourself from being creative. As humans, we're all creative. That is literally how we're made. And we just need to find a way to tap into it. And there's a lot of things that stop us. Now, one of the things we talked about in the last segment is just being willing to go down the rabbit hole. And that means learn from the people around us who we're not always comfortable with. Yeah. You know, and, and we talked about that in the last segment. If you missed it, just go back and check out the podcast. You'll catch that. But in going down the rabbit hole and learning from these different people, one of the people we encountered has something to say about fear, and that's Elizabeth Gilbert. Right. So fear is one of the big pillars of this conversation because it's the first thing that usually stops us when we're deciding to do anything creative. Anytime we step into the unknown, which is creativity, fears, you know, red light goes up and says, no, 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 you got to stop. We need to dial this this back a little bit. Not a safe place to go. We're just going to stop you right there. Right. And it has a million ways of doing that. But the important thing to recognize first is that fear is always going to be there. And that's okay. Fear has an important job to do in other parts of our life. So we need it around. Right. But we don't need to conquer it and and completely become fearless. Because Elizabeth Gilbert mentions the only fearless people she knows are psychopaths. And toddlers. Yes. And these are not people to model our lives after. Exactly. I don't know many psychopaths, though. I've always been curious. How many psychopaths does she know? That's a good question. What circles is she running in? Hmm. I'd be afraid. Maybe you should be more afraid still. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's not about conquering fear. It's about recognizing it and putting it in its place. Exactly. And it's easy to listen to that and say, okay, you know, I'm not, I really don't struggle with fear. I'm bold. I, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all of the things. I am creative and it doesn't stop me. Right. But the thing to remember is that it does disguise itself as a million different things. And a lot of those are harder to recognize. Yeah, as it's fear. not as not as easy as sometimes, okay, you know, well, that's been done before. I'm afraid of that. Or maybe I'm not smart enough. Those are easy to look at and say, okay, that's fear. Mm-hmm. Fear is telling me those things. But it does hide. And like, like Haley said, it masks itself. And it will say things, like personally to me, it will say things like, that's not the best use of your time. That's not the best use of your money. The kids need you to be playing with them or doing something with them. And if you do this, that's taking away from kid time. You know, you're too busy to do that. And those things do not sound like fear to me. That sounds like the nobler self. It sounds practical. You know, I just physically don't have time. I like to think that it's selfless. It's me (laughs) putting myself last. And it may be, you know, we're not saying, because like we said at the beginning, fear does have value. Yes. Just because the voice says, don't spend that money, 
And just because now you can look back and say, okay, well, there's an fear. element of fear yeah. there, so that must be good to spend the money. No, that's not what we're saying. You still need to determine whether it's good or bad. Essentially have a conversation with the fear, which is kind of what Elizabeth Gilbert promotes in her book, is to sit down and really have a conversation with it, out loud sometimes even, and just say, okay, what's what's really going down? And that just means slowing down to recognize it and how it's actually playing out in your life because only you know where that reaction is coming from. So you can recognize it as fear. We can't necessarily tell you, well, that's just fear. The big thing to take away is that fear, in her book, she talks about this, how fear has basically one song that it sings, and it sings that song to everybody. Mm -hmm. And the chorus of the song and all the words of the song are stop, 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 stop. That's what fear wants to do. And that's why we don't jump into anything new, or at least limited new things. We need to recognize why we're stopping. That's the first thing we're saying. Put fear in its place. Like she she says, Haley just talked about it. Elizabeth Gilbert makes an analogy of a car ride where fear gets to ride in the backseat. Fear is going to be there. It's going to be with us through all of these things that we do. And she acknowledges that. But it doesn't get to touch the wheel. It doesn't get to touch the radio. It doesn't have any suggestions for routes to get there or to make a pit stop. It just gets to ride in the back. So have that conversation. Now, personally, for me, this played out in a big way in regards to a silly cowboy game. And silly. I shouldn't even say that because that's... That's fear. In a sense, it's me downplaying it. A cowboy game that we've developed and are working on as a family. And we honestly, I think it's got legs. I think there's some value to it. I mean, we're really finding some interesting things that we're creating. But this whole game came to me as an idea. Yes. And a million voices spoke to me and said, don't do it. And some of them were clearly fear. You know, you're not going to be good enough. You know, it's, it's somebody's already probably done it before. Things like it's that. It's not going to make money. Right. It's not going to make money. You're not going to be able to sell it. All of those things resounded in my head. But then there were this other group that we kind of alluded to earlier, the nobler self. You know, that's not a good way to spend your nights. You should be hanging out with the kids and doing stuff with the kids and all, you know, you name it. I don't have to go through those again. That played in my head. And those were the ones that I listened to. And then we started digging into this book Mm -hmm. and I was reading what Elizabeth Gilbert was saying and I started to see that that might be fear speaking, not just the nobler Dan, but a little bit of fear. And so I decided, let's just try it. I'm going to push through anyway. I'm putting fear in the back seat. Lo and behold, we made great progress. And notice I'm saying we. Right, because you and your kids are doing this together now. Right. And this is something that originally you thought, oh, I shouldn't do this because it's going to take time away from it the kids. actually had the reverse effect. They're doing some of the art for the game. I mean, it's a team effort. All of that happened because we put fear in its place and powered through. What does that look like for you? You're going to have to fill in those blanks. Yes. The thing we're trying to say is just listen to those voices that are saying stop. Figure out if that's really just fear talking and figure out if it's worth plowing through anyway. That's dealing with fear. Now, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about being curious and the importance of that. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back working our way through down the rabbit hole, working our way down, down <laughs> yes. the rabbit hole. The color and design event from 2022 that we just hosted. Um, if you missed the first two segments, 
Go check them out on the podcast. podcast. You can find that at repcolite.com. And then while you're there, you can subscribe and get all of the past podcasts. I mean, we've got 262 other episodes. 262 other episodes. And at least 12 of them are worth listening to again. (laughs) So go and find those anyway, repcolite.com. We talked last segment about fear, how it tries to stop us from doing new things. It's always trying to kind of get in our heads and just reel us back from any creative ledge. Yeah, anything. We were saying, no, you got to recognize that that thing stopping you is fear, and then you need to decide if it's valid or not, and plow through in a lot of instances, and that's where we're going to create and find new ideas and all of that. We said that last segment. Now let's talk about the importance of being curious. It's another trait that all of these creative pioneers that we focused on for our event do over and over again, and all kinds of creative pioneers throughout the world. This is yes, this these is are key. all things they do. Yeah, right. Now Frank Gehry is the one that we kind of highlighted this point with. He had a video that we played, and amongst other things in that video, he's got a quote that he gives from composer John Cage, and the quote is this: "Not knowing." Cheers, the knowing. Cheers, C-H-E-E-R-S. Makes it a little happier or something. Yeah. Not knowing, cheers, the knowing. We had no idea what that meant. So we were pretty happy, right? <laughs> yes. Not knowing, <laughs> cheers, the knowing. We dug into it. Haley, what is the concept here? Well, it's like you said, not knowing cheers up the knowing. It makes it happier because it takes away some of the self-consciousness that comes with knowing all of the answers already. When I know everything, there's a lot of ego involved. And when I don't know everything, I'm humbling myself to a certain extent. And it really makes room for that curiosity and play and experimentation. And it takes all that pressure off so you can start actually acting and reacting rather than just getting stuck in everything that I already know. Right. I think it takes the pressure off, but it also opens you up to new territory. I know I struggle with this. I th- lots of people struggle struggle with this. There's a lot of know-it-alls out mm-hmm. there, right? <laughs> We're both a couple of them. <laughs> well, we are, and we, you know, we've got reasons for thinking that we've got answers for this already. I don't need to go over that ground again because I've already traveled that ground. I know right. what happens. And you and I have butted heads over and over again on endeavors. Yeah, because we both know. We both know. You know it will work. I know it won't work. And in the midst of this, I challenge. I, you know, I started questioning: Do I know that that's not going to work? I think I know that it's not going to work, but I don't technically know that it's not going to work. And that part was intriguing to me. The thing that was more intriguing was the idea of a path that I'm on, and I'm busy discounting this trail to the right and this trail to the left. I'm telling you, no, mm-hmm. there's no reason to go down those trails. Let's stay on this trail that yeah. that we're on. This main path. It's a great path. I love it. You know, there's no dips. There's no right. I know this path. (laughs) I know it. Is that where creativity lives? That's what I started to ask myself. And then this quote comes up, not knowing, cheers the knowing. I am not going to be as creative as I can when I stay only in the zone of what I know. It's pushing yourself into the zone of the unknown where true creativity emerges. Yeah, because curiosity is asking questions. It's being willing to play and experiment and find things out along the way, along that journey, you know, going down that path that you might not know exactly where it ends up. And that's okay. You have to be curious enough to do that. And Frank Gehry, when we dug into him, that's one of the things he spent his entire lifetime doing is asking questions. And I know it's a little tricky with the radio here because you don't have the visuals that we had at the show where we're showing 
some of his buildings, but go and Google them. You know, it, it will help make the point. And even if you have to do it later, remember some of these things. But he's made an entire lifetime of asking questions like, how do we add motion to mm-hmm. brick and glass, steel and cement? A lot of us would just say the accepted solution is you don't. Yeah, it's, it's a square. <laughs> brick and glass, it's steel and cement. It doesn't move unless it's coming down, yeah. right? And he's asked the question. He's bucking those accepted solutions. And he's asking questions. Or he's asked, how do we infuse feeling and emotion into inert materials? And by asking these questions, he starts pushing what's possible. He's rejecting these established knowns or answers. And he starts playing and experimenting to get answers. And the thing that I love about it, and he's not saying this. Maybe he has said this. I've not run into it. We have said this, Haley and yes. I, is that Frank Gehry was willing to create garbage. And I'm using air quotes again. Maybe people don't determine this as garbage. But I've seen things that I think are really pretty bad. Like early on in his career. Stuff. Yeah. But he's willing to create that in order to get to the gold. Right. You know, look at his house, his home in Santa Monica. He used, you know, he bought this older home. And then he decided he needed to change it, but he didn't want to change the house itself. So he built another house kind of around it mm-hmm. using, oh, he's got chain link fence. I mean, just some of All the of best these, materials like, strange materials. money can buy, right? Yeah. It's crazy. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. But because he's asking those questions and willing to play, willing to admit, I don't know where this goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. I know everybody is saying you can't use those kinds of material materials. You can't use chain link. I'm going to buck that. I'm going to just try and see once. Did it work? Some people think it did. I don't think it did. But I do think that it caused him to ask those same questions down the road and push boundaries. And then he comes up with the Guggenheim and Bilbao, which is breathtaking to me. Right. You can't do any of those things before you do that first part. You know, it's experimenting. It's playing. I would never step into the studio and make art if I... Stepped in and said, okay, now's time to make art. <laughs> right. I wouldn't make anything. I would be paralyzed because how how do I start? Like, what is what does that look like? I have no idea what I'm going to make yet. And so if I just go in with the idea that, okay, let's just play with what I've got around me right now, I can make something out of that. But I have to go in and just experiment and ask questions along the way or else I'm not going to get anywhere. Right. Now, in the show that we put on, we had all these displays built. And I want to make this point because it's a really big out there point. I want to kind of make it very practical so people can really grasp what we're talking about. But in those displays, you did this. You pushed some boundaries. And let's just talk about some of the trim colors that you chose. Now, white is standard when we talk about trim, right? Right. You asked the question, and other people have. It's not like this is just you. Yeah, it's not a brand new question. (laughs) Right. But you did ask it, and I really bucked against it. You said, "Do, do all of these need to be white? And I said, well, yes. That's the path I like to travel. Don't go down this other road. Don't go this way. Don't go left. Don't go right. We don't Stay really with need white. to do that. Right. And you push the boundaries. And it's really crazy because you gave me one display yeah. that I could have white trim yeah, you on, asked, right? Do they all have to be colors? Because I had already started painting them. <laughs> and you're looking around and it's, you know, kind of like a rusty color. On the there, trim. Yes. On the trim. There's a green. There's a dark green. There's a Black. black. And you're asking, okay, but can we just get one white, just a normal trim color? Yeah. And that one ends up being your least oh, favorite. Oh, man, it is so boring. <laughs> I don't know who picked that white color. 
that's what we're talking about. Ask questions. I don't like to do that. I, I like to be the one who knows the answers. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ask the questions. Trim is white. Ceiling is white. <laughs> right. A ceiling is white. That's another one where asking the question, does it need to be white? We've seen some amazing rooms in residences, in homes, yes. where the ceiling is a color. And we've got that Benjamin Moore's premium waterborne ceiling paint that will make that an easy task to pull off. It doesn't get shiny no matter how dark you tint it, right. easy to apply, all of that, and you can put a color on the ceiling. Asking questions, that's what we talked about. And I think one great story that we wrapped up this particular point with at the event was basically something that we heard from a contractor a couple of months ago at oh, an event yeah. that we were hosting. We were demonstrating Scuff-X, Benjamin Moore's Scuff-X, at this event, and he was looking at it, and he said, yeah, I remember when this first came out, you guys had a lunch, and you were showing me all of this stuff and how it resists scuffing for pretty much unlike anything we've ever seen, right? Yeah. It resists scuffing and beyond words. for walls in commercial spaces like schools or hospitals, hotels, anywhere where it's high traffic and there's a lot of scuffing happening because it's going to resist that. And that's what we're pitching at this event. And then I'm asking the questions and I'm saying things like, it might even be good in residential. You know, you could even put this in a home, you know, and I thought I'm really pushing the boundaries. (laughs) And he says, well, can it go on trim? Can it go on cabinets? And I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know. He and uh, thousands of other painters around the country were asking that same question. If it's as good on walls as it is, what will it be like on trim and on cabinets? They asked that question, and it completely revolutionized how that product is used. Right. I think we sell more for cabinets and trim than we do for walls sometimes. And it wasn't originally made for that. It's only because someone asked the question that it's being used that way. So the whole point here, be curious, ask questions. And for you, this could be as big or bigger than what Frank Gehry is doing with his buildings. Who knows? Or it could be as small as just playing with the decor on your mantle. Right. Just keep tossing new things out there. Experiment, play around, and who knows what you're going to find. I do know that if you don't do any of that, if you know the answers to the colors in your home and the things that work well and the colors that should be on your trim and the stuff that should be on your mantle, if you know all those answers and never ask, you're never going to change anything. There's never going to be a a step off into creativity, really. Right, and there's no learning or growth in that either. And you're more engaged with life in general when you're asking questions. So ask questions. That's how we grow. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to have to cover a number of different points in that last segment. We're really going to have to crank it out, Haley. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, we're hitting the end. We don't have much time left. We're trying to cover all of our Down the Rabbit Hole color and design event that we just wrapped up last week. Right. Giving you the main points, basically trying to urge everybody out there just to live a little more creatively and enjoy life a little more. Because when you're creative, You enjoy more things, right? Yeah, you're more engaged. You're solving more problems. Yes. It's all good all the time. That sounds like All good all the time. That's like my, the slogan that, that I think when God made me, that's the slogan he assigned for me. Dan, all good all the time. Don't you think? I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that's true. Anyway, 
Creativity. For sure, that's all good all the time. Yes. We've only got a little bit left. We want to hit David Lynch. Well, we're not going to hit David Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to cover some of the stuff David Lynch talked about. This was the hardest thing for me to wrap my brain around. Yes, and this was my favorite part. I think I was most inspired by this little section because it's a really easy thing to forget to do, and that's to daydream. And I think it's because when we're kids, we're told that this is not a positive thing. We're told to get our heads out of the clouds, Mm -hmm. stop daydreaming, you know, be present, focus. And so we grow out of it. And really, we're asking you to grow back into it because it's really important for living creatively to have that space and downtime to do what quite literally looks like nothing. Well, he says, again, we played a video to start this and you can Google all of these things and find them. And I think some of these videos you can find a, a deeper yes. explanation on Masterclass. If yep. you've subscribed to any of that, you could check out David Lynch's Masterclass and he's got a couple of videos where he talks about this, but he makes the point that yes, it's important and he's got a funny voice mm-hmm. and it's important to just sit and do nothing. What looks like nothing. Right. And he said people will look at you and maybe think that you need to be put in a, well, he says not a hospital, but maybe you need to see a psychiatrist. Or get or a job. You need, yeah, you need to get a job. <laughs> but he says it's so important to do nothing. And yes, it was hard for me to wrap my brain around, but I do understand the concept. When I started marketing for Repcolite, I didn't have a marketing background. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well I've done in the end of things. <laughs> you know, it's not like this is a success story. But I do know that when I started, there were times where I felt like I just need to sit here for a minute and think. Right. And just let my brain go. Because I can't just create. I exactly. need to just daydream. And and yet, the minute I would do that, there'd be voices. Dan, what are you doing? Is there something you should be doing? Should you get... Well, what are other people going to think? Right. I had a roommate. You know, this is... Something that sometimes I do unintentionally, I'll just be sitting in the living room. And in college, I did it more often, I think. But I was sitting in the living room one day, and it was towards the end of the day. By the time that she walked into the room, it had gotten dark outside, and I hadn't gotten up to turn on a light. So I'm just sitting. She hadn't even blinked at that point yet. (laughs) I was sitting in a room alone, staring, quiet, and the room was dark. And she said, what are you doing? You're such a creep. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's what it feels like. That's what we worry people are going to think. That is what people sometimes think. Yeah. You know, you've got to be doing something. That's what you should be doing. David Lynch is saying no. In order to be creative, in order to find new ideas, in order, he calls them, he basically describes them as fish, in order to fish for these new ideas, you need that silence. You need that time of literally doing nothing. So what is daydreaming? We're telling you to daydream. What does that look like? Well, it's letting your mind wander. It's sitting quietly and not doing anything at all. It's walking without earbuds in or listening to music. Right. It's checking out for a few minutes and just taking a break. It's being introspective, but without, you know, the heavy internal conversations. Yeah. Going inward, but not in like a self-critical way. Yeah, It's basically watching paint dry. (laughs) That's daydreaming. It's tough to do because we're really uncomfortable with silence. You know, I hate silence. I fill the void. When you first met me, Haley, you said I had a fear of vacui. Yeah, it was one of the first conversations that we had. You have a fear of empty space, which is perfect for the radio because, yeah, no one wants dead air. (laughs) No, I make sure we don't have it. It's not great what I'm creating, but at least it's noise and it fills the space. But... I hate that. I'm afraid of just sitting silently sometimes. I'm afraid, like we said at the beginning, when I would sit there and plan out 
marketing stuff, I was afraid what other people were thinking. Are they going to think I'm nuts or lazy or whatever? And you're yet, afraid that you're, that they're going to think you're boring. Yeah. Your roommate does think you're creepy. <laughs> right. right? All of those things are real fears. But we also know how important downtime is. You know, we're always reading that we need more downtime to, you know, fend off burnout. And yet when we do have downtime, we end up filling it with things. And I don't know that that's the downtime that creativity needs, you know, because we can watch TV and read books and scroll on Instagram and maybe that's fine. But creativity needs real downtime. Right. And yeah, there are different things. We're not saying get rid of your phones and all of that. We know that's not going to happen. But we do want to stress a point that a lot of us find our downtime by going to Facebook Mm -hmm. where we're confronted with news. Which stresses us out a little bit. Gas prices. Makes us anxious. Or, you know, on social media, we see all kinds of pictures of immaculate homes. You know, Instagram, I'm thinking specifically. Absolutely. It's very aesthetic oriented. Wonderful. You know, it looks like a movie set because it is basically a movie set. These are not real lives, but we interpret them as being real and we compare ourselves downward. And it could be inspiring to see those things, but I think more often it's paralyzing. I could never reach that point. I'm not even going to try. Right. Well, that's what happens. I'm not going to be like that. It's my home. You know, these beautiful white homes, for Mm -hmm. example, that was a big thing, probably still is a big thing. Well, my home doesn't lend itself to that. It's like I'm already been voted out yes. <laughs> of, of this conversation, you know, right. and that's what this downtime is doing. It's creating anxiety, stress, fear, envy on some level. Yeah, you it's know? all negative. Right. All of it's negative. And David Lynch has a great thing where he talks about how negativity is the enemy of creativity. Yeah, it closes the tube to which creativity oh, flows. I'm so uncomfortable with that analogy. And <laughs> Haley keeps bringing it up. Negativity closes the tube. It's like constipation, right? Yeah, you have... For your mind. uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry I went there, but that's exactly what I think. So you need time to daydream and find that downtime that creativity needs. And that means the literal sometimes doing nothing. And that doesn't always mean that you're going to find brilliance every time you stop to just sit and think. And I think that's sometimes the fear of why I don't do it. Well, what if nothing happens? What if I don't get an idea when I'm trying to give time for ideas? Maybe it means I don't have any. Well, right. That stress alone can wreck the Mm -hmm. downtime. And David Lynch addresses that as well. Yeah. And he talks about this cool little analogy or whatever, how he thinks about it. He says, when I have my daydreaming time, I don't necessarily always come up with a new idea. Mm -hmm. It's not like every time is sheer gold. Right. But he said, a lot of those times... If I'm not getting a new idea, my brain is basically clearing out space, getting rid of old stuff that I don't need. He even describes it as a robot. You know, that's what he imagines in his head, a robot that clears away all this junk and makes space for new ideas. So even if his downtime doesn't produce a new movie or something, Mm -hmm. it still clears the way for those new ideas to move in. And that's what we all need. Yeah, it's critical, and it really just comes down to taking the time out of your day to allow that to happen. It doesn't have to be a ton of time. It could just be five minutes, but this is serious work. It has to be done. Take the time to daydream. Yeah, definitely worth doing. You're going to have to work through some fear. You're going to be worried about what other people think. You're going to be worried that you don't have time enough to do nothing. Mm-hmm. You're too busy to do nothing. you got to get to that next thing. You might worry that nothing's going to happen, but really the whole thing's critical. Takes desire. And the most creative people in the world 
make it happen. There is so much more that we could say about it, but we just don't have time. We're going to have to wrap it up. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repco Light and Port City paint stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Healy Johnson. Thanks for listening.